guys, welcome back to another episode of That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. My name's Jamie. My name is Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Bree, I'm really excited about tonight's episode. We're doing fucking space facts. Space. Space facts. Weird science. Weird science. Spill not the science guy. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. Um, So tonight we're talking all about space facts. We're doing this episode in memory of the one and only true real OG homie, Dr. Stefan Hawkins. Stephen Hawkins. Rip. Rip. The late and the great. The late and the great. Um, Stefan Hawkins was a... Why do you keep calling him Stefan? I don't know. I just really like it because it sounds fancy. Okay. Stefan Hawkins was a physicist and a cosmologist who studied a shit ton about space. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of the things and the equations and stuff that we use today, he had a lot to do with. He studied black holes. He was, you know, working with the Drake equation, trying to figure out if there's a possibility of life and all of these things. And so, in memory of him, tonight's episode is nothing but science facts. You. Let's start off, like, right at the beginning, and, like, let's just be like, where do we live? (laughs) We live on planet Earth, but let's start with the biggest fact about Earth. It's not flat. Yeah, let, okay, we'll say that first. The <laughs> Earth the Earth is 100% not flat, guys. Um, so we live on this planet Earth. A lot of people call it Gaia. There's mm-hmm. a million different names for Earth that we live on. So does everyone get that? We're good. I think so. We live on a planet Earth. Mm. Okay. <laughs> it's a round planet. It's free-falling through space. We're going to, you know. This thing called gravity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Outside of Earth, Brie, what is our next big jump that we live in? Our solar system? Fuck yeah. Oh, what? Ooh, gold star for me. Gold star. We live in a solar system. So, a solar system... It's a system of planets in rotation around a star. Exactly. A solar system is a bunch of planets, an unknown number, because it could be any, Mm -hmm. that rotate... Or not even rotate, they... Orbit. They orbit. There we go. They orbit around a star. Okay. We call ours a solar system because we call our sun slash star sun. Mm-hmm. But usually when we're talking outside of our solar system, we call them star systems mm-hmm. because we don't consider other stars our sun. They're called stars. We live in the solar system. So outside of our solar system, what do we live in? A galaxy. But what galaxy? The Milky Way. Oh, girl. Get you some of that Milky Way. So we live in the Milky Way galaxy. And outside of our galaxy, what what do we live in? Space. Oh, sorry. The universe. The universe. So we live inside of our universe. Mm-hmm. Let's like just break that down. It's Earth solar system, Milky Way galaxy, universe, right? So you have those four components right there. Yes. Okay. Inside of our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, Mm -hmm. there is about 200 billion solar systems Mm -hmm. that are kind of modeled just like ours. You got a star, sometimes two stars, a binary system where a bunch of planets rotate around the star. Think about our solar system that we live in and times it by 200 billion. It's unfathomable. Just inside of our galaxy. Now we're talking outside of our galaxy. We're talking universe, right? Mm-hmm. So, Bree, do you know how many 
galaxies that we are aware of currently in our universe. Right now, about 100 billion. Exactly. But the number keeps growing. Yeah, because you have to remember that space is infinite. This is only what we've observed so far. And as we continue on, you're going to see more and more things that we're able to like detect space-wise. And so as of right now, it's about 100 billion galaxies estimated yeah. that are inside of the universe that we know. I even read that they're almost at 200 billion and then that they suspect there's probably around 500 billion within that we'll discover within the next few years. So it's like even though we're naming these extreme numbers, the fact is that's even a smaller amount than what is actually there. That's just what we've detected. Yeah, so we're kind of going off baseline numbers here. It, it's about 200 billion star systems in our galaxy and there's about 100 billion galaxies. So we're going to break down a little bit of this math for you. You have to think about it in a sense of, so there's 200 billion star systems in our galaxy, and you have to multiply that by the 100 billion galaxies that are in our universe, mm -hmm. okay? Do you want to know what that number is that you get? What is it? 20 sextillion. And that number, it's like, when do we ever hear that? It's 2000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000
It's, it's a bigger. Shit ton. So let's let's just we'll start we'll start small. We'll start with our observable galaxy. Let's pretend there's three planets in our galaxy okay. that have life on them. Okay. Right. So there's three star systems that are close to us, and they're a little weird. Is so, it like the Kepler one five B dash two? No. So the <laughs> the our the closest star system to planet Earth or to our solar system is Proxima Centauri. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's roughly 4.22 light years away. And our next closest one is a binary system. So it has two stars. Mm -hmm. And it's Alpha Centauri A and Alpha Centauri B. And they're about 4.3 light years away from us. Our closest two star systems are literally neighbors to each other. They're like 0.08 light years away from each other. Like full-blown neighbors, like nothing. So I'll put this into your into a perspective like this. So a light year is a unit of astronomical distance equivalent to the distance light travels in one year, which is roughly six trillion miles, give or take. And when I'm talking give or take six trillion, you can add <laughs> billions inside it. Like, like it's give or take roughly light travels at six trillion miles a year. So if our closest star, Proxima Centauri, is 4.22 light years away and we're using the technology that we have today say something like the Voyager 1 craft mm -hmm. if it has a consistent velocity and is going it can travel roughly about 60,000 kilometers an hour so when you put all those into a little equation do you want to know how long it would take us oh gosh. to get to We'd Proxima Centauri give, guess give me a guess oh my God. how many years I'm gonna guess um god a million years. No, only 76,000 years. Oh, look at me, a highball. That's not bad. <laughs> That's not that bad. It would only take us 76,000 years at going 60,000 kilometers an hour still, to get to our closest star system. We'd all be long gone. We would 100% be all gone. I mean, let's just say we destroy the planet, but yet the Voyager happens to have enough fuel to get there. It's like... Hey, we're over here, and then they go over, th and there's nothing. So that's, that's the so weird part about it, where we're going to break this down a little bit. So when we're talking space travel, so what I'm using the Voyager 1 as our reference guide because it's something that they use currently. Yeah. You have to think about outside of that, the other methods of travel where things get a little outside of the realm of physics, space facts yeah. and you're getting into a little woo-woo-y theoretical yeah. astrophysics and theoretical exactly. physics here. One way especially like in Hollywood, where they say how space travel will work, is they put everybody on a ship and they freeze them. Yeah, everyone goes to sleep. And the, yeah, and the it travels at that speed for 76,000 years, and then in 76,000 years, you just wake up everybody, and mm -hmm. then we're there. But the problem with that is that in that 76,000 years of us traveling, who knows what's gonna be at our destination when we get there. Because yep. 76,000 years of past. That's crazy. That's just it's absolutely nuts. crazy. So then your next option you have is to try to travel as close to the speed of light as possible. <laughs> Which... I don't want to throw the word impossible out there because, you know, we always say anything's possible, but I hate to say that I think that it would be impossible. To travel as to close as we can? To build an actual physical craft that can go that fast. Okay, so we're never going to be able to reach the speed of light. Yeah. That's mathematically not possible. But we can get close to it, and there's a few different ways we can get close to it. We could have a craft that travels that fast because of its fuel source, mm -hmm. which I think is something that's probably possible that we could create. I mean, not in the next few hundred years, maybe a few <laughs> thousand years, but wormholes. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm talking about the highway in space. Exactly. So you're talking wormholes here. So wormholes, we know, are a real thing. Porthole. Porthole. Hot portals. Hot portals. So you know that portals and wormholes are a thing. They've actually proven that um, at the Large Hydron Collider. They've actually created wormholes. The problem is, is that they keep collapsing on themselves. Thank God, because imagine if they fucking would have created a hole, what could have possibly well, happened? So, so irresponsible. You have to understand how a wormhole n- works. What it is is it's two funnels that come to a point in the middle. So it's like one funnel turned one way, the other funnel turned upside down. So it's the two small parts in the middle and the big parts at the end, right? So the reason they keep collapsing is because that middle part is so small that the wormhole keeps collapsing. But one of their big problems is is they can't make a wormhole big enough to not collapse. (laughs) Because on paper and mathematically and equation-wise, they can make a functioning wormhole. It's about the practicality of it, of it actually doing it. Mm -hmm. We know that wormholes can be achieved it's just we'd have to do it on such a grand scale that Earth's not going to work for that. No We're going to have to way. go outside of there. But there are natural wormholes and things like black holes in the world. And black holes are very theorized to kind of be like a wormhole. But our problem is, is we can't get close enough to one. No way. Nor do we really want to get close enough to one to study it because we're kind of terrified of what would happen if we get too close and to it. And there's still a debate on black holes. There's to these, such, there's such a, a big debate. Even the closest that they got was a picture and they still can't say that that's a black hole. Mm-mm. What I like about black holes, though, is that then it gave birth to this, like, you know, that the universe could be a hologram. Mm-hmm. And that even if something were to go through a black hole, that whatever it is that was going through the black hole, that its contents would be scattered around the top of the black hole. So it'd be like a version of the scattered and then the version of it at the same time. So that would be like a version of us and then a version that's scattered on the black hole. You just blew my mind. I know. You blew my mind mind. even saying it. So so if we could figure out how to harness the energy of black holes, we might be able to travel through space better. That's a possibility. That's crazy. I have our third option. I know what it is. Which I think is my (laughs) favorite best option. I'm on board. You guess. You I'm on your me. piggyback. Okay, what is it? That we would read my mind. Bend space time and we would rip through that fabric. Like. Fuck yes. Okay, so space, everybody, especially it's like space so time. To even talk I know. About that, I know that that's possible. I know. So space time, you guys, you have to think about it as like a giant piece of fabric that's constantly moving in a wave motion. So close your eyes. Take off like your pants. We're cruising. Take off your socks. Roll a joint. <laughs> and listen. I want you to think of time, space, space, time as a fabric. Mm-hmm. Like like a chiffon, maybe blowing in the blowing wind. Blowing in the wind, exactly. Yeah. It can twist. Yeah, it just, and it moves around. It's like a nice wavy motion. You get ups and downs, you get sideways and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's constantly expanding, always. It never stops. So what we theorize that we can do is we can somehow catch the space time when it's at one of these little waves and it's a little bended and we can punch right fucking through it. Yep. Just make a big old hole and go from one side to the other. So instead of traveling along the top of the space time mm-hmm. fabric, we're stopping at where somewhere where it dips and cutting through a bunch. Yep. Which is kind of a more theoretical yes. way for us to travel through space. It's very theoretical, but then we see it time and time again with UFOs. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. So then we're like, that shit is possible. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so exciting. Like, I want to be in a craft where we get to do that. Yeah, 100%. Can I just say some prayers that I get to do that in my lifetime? We will. Don't worry. We probably already have if you want me to be realistic with you. Oh, sick. Yeah, I know. I know. Can you imagine? It's literally like you just stop and then you're somewhere else. And you're somewhere else. It's yeah. just bam. 
don't know. I feel like I, <clears throat> I've been traveling through parallel universes a lot lately. Yeah. Like, you know, all I have to say is I get shimmery. <laughs> like, I'm doing something and the shimmer happens and I'm like, I'm not where I was before. <laughs> like, I'll be like on my lunch break or something and I turn around a quarter and I get the shimmers and I'm like, Mm-mm, this isn't right. <laughs> the color's different, guys. I traveled somewhere. <laughs> and, like, everyone else thinks I'm crazy when I tell them these things. Like, nah, it's the same. You're look- We're both here. And I'm like, nah, something's different. Something's way different. Yeah. My coffee's colder. Exactly. <laughs> so, I forgot where we were going with that. <laughs> we could bend the space-time. So, we could bend the space-time fabric and punch right through it and get to whatever destination we're going. I'm sure there's a million other theoretical ways that people want to talk about space travel. But I those are my fastest. Those are my three favorites. And I will say that space-time fabric punching is my That's favorite. Just- like awesome. Only because it reminds me of when Jay and Silent Bob talk about tongue fucking your fart box. What? I don't know why. I know you can cut that out, but it does. It just reminds me of it because you're punching through it. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, I guess. (laughs) Okay. So now this brings us to our next question. So theoretically, let's say that we can get to Proxima A and B and Proxima Centauri, right? Do we get to punch through or are we traveling? Let's say we punch through. Let's say that we bent space fabric time and we punched through it and we got there in like 20 years. like, stop bitches? Yeah, we just showed up, okay? Here's where things start to get tricky, Brie. Oh. Are we older? No, it's not that we're older. No, we should be younger. Mm, questionable. Questionable. That's questionable. Yeah. We won't get into that. Right <laughs> That's questionable. So here's the issue. When we get there, what are we going to find? Mm. We're going back to what we said at the beginning, where he said that in our galaxy, there's three planets that have life, okay, right? Yeah. So ours, let's just say that there's one at Proxima Centauri, okay. and there's another one at Proxima A and B. So those are the three planets that have life in our, our whole solar system. We're, 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 we're making it down small. We're being dumb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say that we scooch on over to Proxima Centauri, and we find the one planet in that solar system that has life, and we land. What do you think we'd find? Oh, I hope... Hopefully a whole bunch of technological smart ass people. So here's the question. Or hippies. I would or puppies. Um, so that's what poses the question is what, what do we find? Well, what is your meaning of intelligent life? Right. Like the dictionary definition of intelligent life means that you're self-aware, mm-hmm. you have a language. Hmm. And you use tools. That's what they say intelligent life is. That is what they say intelligent life is. You're self-aware, which means like, oh my God, I'm a person, right? Yeah. Then like language, like we're talking. <laughs> and then like a tool, like I, I could bang a hammer. Like right. that I can find is my their nails. definition. That's my tool. Of what intelligent life is. <laughs> and I challenge that because I don't believe it. I don't either. Here's why I don't believe it. Earth started out as just like a bunch of single cell organisms. Right. And to me, that's a tool. Do you know how long it took us to get from those organisms to walking human beings that we are right now? I don't think that the number would be accurate. Give me a guess. I'm going to say 500,000 years. Four billion. Oh, shit. Now I lowballed. I know. You lowballed yourself. <laughs> See what so happens. You go too when, high, go too low. So when, from when we were nothing but single-cell organisms, it took us four billion years to get to where we are right now. So even if we were to show up on this planet that's in Proxima Centauri, and we show up there, and we land on the planet, there's a high pro- probability that when we land, it's just single-cell organisms. Maybe. Then the other possibility, the other side of the coin, Ooh. is that they were in existence just like us, but ran themselves extinct. 
Because you're talking space time. You have to think outside of our frame of time when we're talking about what a day or a year would be. Mm -hmm. But we're a very young planet. We're a very young planet. So if we go somewhere, maybe there it's an older planet, and hopefully they're a hell of a lot smarter than we are. So that's that's the whole thing about it is like the, the thing about intelligent life. Like so I would consider personally if we went to a planet and found any type of organism, single cell, multiple, intelligent, talking, dogs, rabbits, wouldn't matter to me. I'd consider that life outside of our planet. Yeah. And that would open up the possibility of even more. Because just because we land on a planet and the only thing we find is some bacteria, what's not to say we don't come back four billion years from then and all of a sudden they're a functioning society? Absolutely. So you have to think about that perspective. I think a lot of people when they're talking about space and they're talking about searching for intelligent life and searching for aliens or extraterrestrials, they're looking for a civilization just like ours. Mm -hmm. And I think that the universe is an tons of stages so why should we assume that it's not already something that has already passed or something that's just beginning yeah i see what you're saying so even if we were to get to that star and do that what's really going on there like when we get there how do we know even if we were to travel at the 60 kilometers an hour in our voyager and we got there 76,000 years from now who wouldn't say that they were an intelligent race just like us when we started that journey and then by the time we got there they nuked themselves and they're all gone that'd be sad but, it, but that's what it is, though. And then we get there, and it looks like there's no life, when the fact is is that there was at one, at one point. Mm -hmm. So I don't like the definition of intelligent life being this self-awareness or this use of tools or language, because I think that people here on Earth are trying to, once again, for the millionth time, put, put something in, in boxes. boxes and name it a certain way, where it's like, no, you don't know the possibilities. Like, we were once absolutely nothing but swamp gas. We yep. were literally nothing, and look what we are now, over four billion years. So I don't think we can sit there and judge a planet and say, oh, they only have bacteria. There's no way they're going to be intelligent. No, that would be so dumb. So stupid. So what what do you consider, like, intelligent life? I would consider intelligent life anything that is self-aware but also has a sense of survival skills. Okay. Anything that works in a way to keep itself alive, multiplies. Mm-hmm. Um, that, to me, is intelligent. I agree with you. So, yeah, I guess it's a, on a very small scale. Yeah. But it's intelligent. If it wasn't intelligent, then it would just be there, and then it would die, and that would be it. Yeah, exactly. But if there's more happening, to me, that's intelligent. I think if you feed yourself, if you could reproduce. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything multiply. like that. Multiply. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you know that we're carbon-based beings, yes. correct? So that's another thing when we're talking about intelligent life. I think a lot of people are assuming that whatever we're going to find is going to be a carbon-based being. When we're looking for life that's habitable outside of our own solar system, what we're looking for is we're looking for planets inside of the Goldilocks zone. Yeah. Which is not too hot, not, not too, too cold, cold, not too close to the sun, not too far away. So then once you find a planet that's inside of that quote-unquote Goldilocks zone, we're then looking for a planet with atmosphere, mm -hmm. which not all planets have atmospheres. Then on top of that, once you figure out, ooh, if they have an atmosphere or not, it's, wait, water. do they have water? Mm -hmm. Wait, do they have trees? Do they have oxygen? And I think none of that matters. We're always trying to compare it to Earth. Exactly. Because who's not to say that, like, it's not like a... Methane breathing. Yeah, like, a, who says it's not, like, silicone-based or methane-based, light-based? I mean, come on, guys. There's a million different possibilities. So I think that when we're talking about the search for extraterrestrial life or ETs and intelligent life forms out there in space and other solar systems and things like that, you're assuming that they're going to be exactly like us. And right. you have to throw that out the window. Mm -hmm. Because us being quote unquote intelligent beings, <laughs> some being <laughs> from a different 
galaxy, from a different planet, from a different star system can look at us and be like, they're nothing but bacteria. Oh, that's beautifully said, Jamie. Right? That is amazing. So who are we to define what intelligent life is, is not intelligent? Absolutely. Exactly. And we have to stop thinking and we have to stop comparing ourselves to what's out there mm -hmm. because space is endless and limitless and the possibilities are constant. Just infinite. So why is it that they have to be just like us? That's true. There's no way that I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, statistically, there's probably another planet out there with people just like us on it, but there's also gonna be tons of variations yeah. because they're all in different places. This is just the, our universe we're talking about, you guys. We only know of one universe because it's all that we can see. What if there's more than one universe? There is. What if there's multiverses? There is. What if there's parallel universes? So it's like the possibilities and the, these numbers and these, st these statistics just keep going up, mm -hmm. and up, and up. And one thing that you and I have talked about is how we're always trying to compare things based on how we live and how, like, here on Earth. But at the same time, there's life going on in the deep, deep, deep oceans that they keep observing that is absolutely nothing like we live here. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we don't even know how it is that they're alive because it's nothing compared to how we there's are. There's no sun. There's no food. It's hot as fucking balls. The deep, deep ocean is like such an incredible mystery. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing. Those are living conditions that we would never consider to be possible, but yet there's life. Tons of life down Tons there. Tons of life. And mm -hmm. I always come across some story like some deep underground sea creature baffles scientists like mm -hmm. how could they be existing so it's like okay here we go that's on our own planet oh i know so we should expand our horizons on what could even be possible to create life life in general i know it, it, it's baffling i think what what people what we really are trying to get people to understand is we want you to stop thinking about the Earth being the center of the fucking universe. Oh, jeez. Because it's not. It's not. What The reason we're going over all this and going over these numbers and statistics and facts and things is because we're trying to get you guys to understand that we're literally nothing more than dust. No, oh, space dust. Not... The dust on space dust is what we are. Yeah. I mean... It, crumbs. We're literally <laughs> just like crumbs that fell in between your tits when you were eating a cookie. Yeah. And we're just so minuscule. It's, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. But, you know, typical humans, we have such big egos. We want to see ourselves as center stage. The star of the show. Oh my God! And we're not, you guys. We're literally we need to we're, get some we're not even here. background dancers. Not even. We're not even. <laughs> we're not even background dancers, guys. Uh, we don't even move the lights around and shit like mm -mm, that. Mm -mm. Also, side note, everybody, just so you're aware, we're constantly free falling through space, the entire universe at all times, constantly free falling. Remember that. So I don't know how if the Earth is flat, we're free falling, but whatever. That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I know flat Earthers. <laughs> Jamie and I. You know, from time to time, we have these sort of private conversations about um, what the hell is going on in the Vatican. Maybe we should do an episode on that sometime. We should. But for a, I understand that for a lot of religious people, it's just very conflicting from what, you know, they've read and what they've been told and what we're consistently finding out. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important for some people to look into what the Vatican has learned. And they have one of the largest observatories thus far. You know, they've come out saying, hey, there's got to be intelligent life out there. Mm -hmm. There are brothers and sisters. There's nothing to be afraid of. How can you put a cap on God's creation? You're saying that just from what you've read in the book is it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think if you're going to be on the religious path, I think it might be important to just kind of keep an open mind to the possibility that maybe your creator left some things up for you to not know and for you to not understand. And that who's to say that we are the one and only, if you want to think of your you know, creator being the begin all end all that he or she can create as many of us as he pleases without us having any idea about that. Not only that, but I think when it comes to religion and and space and aliens and things is I think what frustrates me about it is that human beings feel so entitled to the fact that they can be the only thing that Mm -hmm. God created. We are the best. We are the greatest. The creator only made us and that's it. And why would he go anywhere else? Well, yeah. And who's to say that the one book that we have now, he wasn't like, I created you guys. This is it. But then was like, ooh. 200 yeah 200 million years later we're like wait you know you don't you know what something else let's do something different yeah Yeah. and if i were that person creator that was like i'm gonna do something else and you know what i don't have to give you guys a reason i don't Mm -mm. have to tell you're not entitled to what it is i do entitled to know that Mm -hmm. you know i'm your creator you believe in me and that's that's the end of the story i don't i don't owe you anything for you to know what i'm up to exactly i just think that's interesting for maybe some people to think about that god creator whatever you want to say those possibilities are absolutely limit limitless so don't put a limit on creation no absolutely not i want you guys to spend the week like meditating on the fact that we're very very small and the possibilities of other life is just extreme super extreme it's not just like oh the aliens as in there was one small group well, of like aliens there's like a hundred billion there's a hundred billion it's, uh, even more than that number. that's a small yeah, number a small number yeah so let's jump right in jenny our factor sci-fi On the topic of science and space facts and rip to Stephon Hawking, we're going to talk about the theory that's putting out there that Stephon Hawking did not pass away peacefully in his bed a week ago. As you know, Stephen Hawking suffered from Lou Gehrig's disease, and it was a progression over time and got worse and worse. And in all honesty, he lived way beyond what anyone thought he was going to live yeah, anyways. I think at like 21, they were like, dude, you got like months. Yeah. And then it was just forever. Yeah, so it's, you know, said that he just passed away peacefully in his bed. You know, he finally succumbed to old age and his disease and everything. But a lot of people, the the theorists of the internet are swirling right now saying that he didn't die in his bed peacefully, that he was killed. Assassinated. Yes. Stephen Hawking, before he passed, was looking at the weird asteroid that was coming for our planet. A lot of episodes back, if you guys remember, we did do a factor sci-fi about it. There was this big cigar-shaped asteroid called called Oumuamua that was coming past us at about 200,000 miles an hour. Cigar-shaped. Interstellar origin. Origin unknown. Ooh, yeah. Everyone was saying, oh, it's just an asteroid. It's just a weird shape. It's just traveling weird. It's just a weird asteroid. That's all it is. But Stephen Hawking was like, nah, mathematically, (laughs) (laughs) this don't look right. First of all, the shape, the speed that it's going, and the trajectory and what it's going and what it's going to do once it gets close to us. Yeah. So he's been studying this before he left and what he theorized would happen that the asteroid was going to come whizzing past us and use the gravity of our own sun to slingshot it back to basically make a u-turn and go back where it came Mm -hmm. from and guess what that's what happened it was said that he when it was coming by us that he gathered a bunch of information about it and was about to drop some like knowledge Mm -hmm. on some people so to release a deep info and be like yo guys like this wasn't an asteroid 
this it was, was a blank. But then he got killed. So there, people are theorizing that, you know, government, space agency, whatever, totally offed Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. Factor sci-fi, Brie. No, you go first. Oh, sci-fi. Uh, sci-fi again? Sci-fi, yeah. No offense to the theorists, although I do really like this theory because I think that that's great. He probably did find some shit out and probably didn't get to talk about it before he left. Yeah. But I just think that he was also like almost 80 years old and had Lou Gehrig's disease. Like, kind of an easy target, guys. He was gonna... True. He was gonna go eventually. True. So I'm gonna have to sci-fi it. Like, I can't. I just don't... I think he was just old and came to a shit. Like, people... 80 years to live with Lou Gehrig's disease, that's a miracle in its own. True. So I'm gonna have to sci-fi it. What do you got? What do you got I think I might agree with you. You think you might? I almost middle bitched myself because, I mean, but at the same time, it's like, how do you middle bitch? I would like to say that I don't think that he was offed because he was gonna release some information, but I do think that there's a possibility that, yes, he might have died with some information that he was not able to spill. Well, you know that two weeks before he passed away, he um, submitted his paper to be reviewed talking about the end of the universe. Fun times. Wait, so, and then you're still going to sci-fi it after that? No, because that's already released. It's not information that's going to be kept quiet. It's going to come out after it's been peer-reviewed. We're going to be able to read all of that. Right. But it is funny that he predicted the end of the universe and then died. Yeah. It might be one of those situations where, again, we kind of touched on a few episodes ago on how, like, everyone just wants to jump on the conspiracy train Mm -hmm. about everything. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it because there's always an alternative, you know, view than what were given from mm-hmm. the media. Mm-hmm. That one's a little bit hard. At first, I thought, oh, maybe. If he was, like, in his 50s and not, like, yeah, dying of true. a disease. like, But to be, what, but 78 what if, years old and to live with Lou Gehrig's disease for that long? Like, come on, guys. But he lived so long. I know. So, like, what if he could have lived another 20 years? And they were like, any moment we off this guy is totally explainable because everyone expects him to kick the bucket at any moment. So I think you just middle-bitched yourself. Oh, I guess. <laughs> we should never stop fails. calling it factor sci-fi. We should call it fact sci-fi or middle bitch yourself. Yeah. <laughs> never fails. All right, Brie. Brie. Jamie conscious quote of the day. Brie. What time Damn is that. it? Conscious quote of the day. had to keep our ball rolling here with Stephen Hawkins, or like Jamie would like to say, Stefan. Stefan Hawkins. Hawkins. So Dr. Stefan Hawking. You give him that title. He earned it. Oh, doctor. Doctor. I, actually, I'm going to give you guys two quotes. Oh, I One, like it. because I like it, and mm. I just think it's kind of overplayed. So I'm going to say it, but then I'd like to throw in a little extra one. So, Mr. Stephen Hawking says, remember to look up at the stars and not down at your feet. Try to make sense of what you see and wonder about what makes the universe exist. Be curious. And however difficult life may seem, there is always something you can do and succeed at. It matters that you don't just give up, which is beautiful. I think that's also why we decided to do a science episode. We decided this way before he actually passed. So it just kind of aligned itself that way. Synchronicities. Absolutely synchronicity. But that was kind of our focus is that we want people to pay more attention to space and not just the sci-fi side of aliens, but the fact that it's an actual scientific probability that would be impossible 
that we are the one and only civilization. Exactly. So my other quote that I'd like to kind of throw in there for you guys. You can never have too much conscious quote. Let's be realistic. Yeah, li- live on the conscious side and it just never ends. I know. So Stephen Hawkins says, God not only plays dice, but also sometimes throws them where they cannot be seen. Ooh. So special. This Who one said goes that? out to the religious ones out there. Stephen Hawkins. Stop. I swear. Really? Really. That's a good one. That's a super good one. I'm, like I the like possibilities that. possibilities are like, oh shit, they're endless because you can't even see them. I like it. I like that one too. All right, Brie. My favorite part of the episode. Ooh. Let's get into some shout out. Do, 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 do. DJ Khaled. <laughs> you the best podcast. <laughs> you the best podcast. You is special. <laughs> All right. Uh, per usual, Brie, right off of the top, as if it is scripted. Two schmucks, Two schmucks and a mic. Two schmucks, no fucks. Um, I hope they so, like our little words that we I just want to let you know that I heard that they've been talking shit about us. Ooh, I can't wait to listen. Number one, they tried to say that I sent them cheap whiskey. Fuck off. Then they tried to say that uh, the bottle was a fourth empty when it got to them. Oh, right. Really? Because the seal was on it, so I don't really know how whiskey could be missing from it. Bullshitters. So, I think that this beef is just going to continue on. I thought that we were going to be happy smiles and wonderfulness. Never. Not with those two. And so, I just want to let you guys know that we will be flying down there to come be on your podcast soon. I don't know Kick when. Yeah, and we're going to verbally beat the shit out of you, the two of you. Nice. So, uh, we're going to get with you guys soon. We're going to figure out some dates here Woo-hoo. so we can just kind of smash on you motherfuckers. Watch out. Watch yourself. Whiskey shit talkers. Shout out to our favorite, Raya. We Hi, adore Raya. you. Shout out to Covert Nerd, per usual. Always yeah. leaving us, like, dope comments and being hella nice and, like... Hella, that's for the Bay Area people out here in California. If you're not here, then you probably are like, what the hell does hella mean? What does hella mean? Hella is, like, how do you even explain it? It's like it? Uber. What the hell is Uber? Like, when people use the word Uber, like, I've I'm never Uber heard happy. That except for, can you get me an Uber? Oh, my God. Let's not get into... Can you hella cab? <laughs> Hail an Uber. <laughs> Let's not get to the weird things we talk. I think that Covert Nerd's super dope. Me I too. love his podcast. Me too. And you guys, like, it's amazing. I'm just about it. Every time I listen to it, like, it always invigorates me. And, like, me and Brie text each other, like, did you listen? I feel so uplifted. Or, like, we listen to an episode and then one of us will want to post something about it. And then the other one does it without saying anything. Like, I love that moment. I know. I love moments like special. that. Special. So special. Shout out to Blue Alien Mystic. I love your music. I've been listening to it more and more. Um, Shout out to our one true love and our only Brian Jackson. Brian Jackson. Also, shout out to Seeking Truth. Oh, yeah. And Phenomenal 01. Phenomenal 01, I love because Phenomenal 01 is always on our lives, but I'm going to call him out and say that he doesn't listen to our podcast. I am too. <gasps> You're not listening Ooh, to this right challenged. now. You're not listening. You won't know. You won't know. It's like, come on, man, for shouting you out for what? For what? You're not even listening. You only come on our lives. Shout out for what? And he <laughs> has his own podcast too. So I'm not even going to shout out his podcast he has until. A pod- I know until he listens to ours. Ooh, Ooh. Girl. Girl. And just shout out to everyone who like comes on our lives on Friday nights. Like weather tradition. Oh, AP, love you. I'm so glad you Woke got your stuff. More. Oh yeah, Woke More for sending us stuff. Like Thanks, I'm, Anne. 
just everybody, everyone who interacts with us. Shout out, you know what, to our favorite number one listener who is not gonna expect this shout out, Lance, my best old man friend, who's a retired sheriff, who nice. listens to every single one of our episodes. That is so fucking special. We love your emails. Bomb. Maybe he should jump on the podcast sometime. Well, what he does is he listens to our podcast while on Google Images, and he tries to look for UFOs. <gasps> that is amazing. That's yeah. the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, or he'll go to, like, military bases and try to look at what planes they have. Like, you saw the email. Yes, I did. He'll, and he'll send pictures. So I love that you do that. Genius. I miss you so much. He told me that the shooting range isn't the same without me, Aww. and I agree. And I'll come visit you guys soon. Don't worry, I'll text you and we'll figure out when you're going to be there and I'll come visit you guys. Yeah, because she has to get some more of, of that spicy teriyaki sauce. No, that's not who gives it to me. Well, it doesn't matter. It's the same place where you get it from. And that's true. And Shout so out to that real good teriyaki Ter- sauce. Teriyaki. But we can only get it during the holidays. Oh, well, every day's a holiday. Okay. Shout out also to Not Your Pastors podcast. For sure. And that's all I can think of at the moment. That's all we can think but of right now. We love every single we love all of you. If us. we forgot you, aggressively DM us. And we will put your ass in. Shout out to Destiny to Space. Ooh, Destiny girl. Destiny girl. Uh, we love you guys. Very uh, much. DM us. Follow us on Instagram at that one time I was abducted. Send us an email at that one time I was abducted at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, and all the other social medias that we ignore because we're <laughs> only ever on Are Instagram. We're plugging that all the time now. Constantly. Because we're always on oh. Instagram. And you know what? Shout out, because I haven't done this in a few episodes. Mountain View, California. (gasps) Mountain View. Mountain View, California. To the Secret Service. We love you. And to Carl. Oh, yeah, always. Love you, Carl. Night, guys. guys. Good night. Um, when are you coming here? When can we hang out? When will you be on the podcast? Why haven't you been DMing us recently? Can we have your personal sure. phone number so we can call you all the time? Because I think what we can need we to do... I'm not joking. I want to call you all the time and text you all day long. I don't care if your wife gets That's mad or so not. Cute. I really just want to be your friend, Brian Jackson. So can you please DM us your personal phone number at your earliest convenience? <laughs> I don't have my microphone with me. This is at work. Don't be shy. Hey, guys. Kevin, do you believe in aliens? Yes, I do. Why do you believe in aliens? I mean, we're, the, what, a planet, and there's millions of us, of these kind of planets, I'm pretty sure there has to be more life than just us. Sounds pretty smart to me. Yeah, right. This is the only time Kevin is smart. Good thing we have this on a recording so you can look back on this at life. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> but now is your chance to talk to President Trump. He listens to this every day. Okay, well, President Trump, I would really appreciate if you make the wall higher. Oh. And if you're really trying to kick us out, you should make it, instead of higher, make it deeper because we can, you know, dig. Yeah. We can also find a way to jump it. So we're not retarded. We're Mexicans. That's really good advice. You should be spending the money going to space. No, they should just, you know, invest in me. <laughs>